Whatever job you need to do out there, grab the right tool to get it done. The new F-150 with an available hybrid engine and up to 7.2 kilowatts of pro power on board to power things on the go. It's not a tool you'll hang in a tool shed, but you can certainly use it to build one. The new 2024 Ford F-150. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Available starting early 2024. Optional features the owner's manual for important operating instructions. It's man-to-man coverage. This is the PFT PM Podcast. And now, your host, Mike Florio. It's a Thursday edition of PFTPM, and we're going to jump right into it like we often do when we have a guest. No preliminary BS from me. Right to it. Our good buddy, and I am not capable of many things. I am definitely not capable of matching the skills that our next guest has when it comes to introducing a guest. He has Michael Buffer-level chops when it's time to introduce someone, unless he only does it for me. I think he does it for everybody. He's Pat McAfee, and he joins us now. Hi, Pat. Hey, I thought that was an incredible introduction. You just compared me to one of the greatest speakers of all time, and I think you're underselling yourself. You have the talent to do what you need to do, Florio, with that big Italian brain of yours. But uh, it's an honor to be here, man. Thank you so much for having me on. It occurred to me while I was babbling, I'd like to hear Pat McAfee introduce Pat McAfee. (laughs) Uh, Let me get a little bit more uh, clout, and then maybe I'll I'll lose. (laughs) touch with the world at some point and that'll be when you'll hear that honestly the world needs to hear less of me especially me about me that doesn't need to happen i think i can set my clock to the next announcement that pat mcafee has another job what's the over under on how many jobs you're going to have by the time football season starts this is it man this is it it's been an awesome off season i've had to travel around a lot and shake a lot of people's hands and let executives know that they can put me on their air and not be scared to sleep at night. And it's been a really cool offseason. I'm very lucky. I, I finally got agents. I didn't have agents before. When I was in the NFL, I didn't have agents. And then when I came out, I didn't have agents. And then I signed with CAA, and I was about to fire them. I didn't fully understand what they were doing. They had me flying all over the world. And the way they've been able to open doors for me and sell me, and it's been a I'm very lucky, and I'm super excited, and I can't wait to get started this fall. But no more job announcements, I don't think, and hopefully no other big life announcements either. Let's get into the full list of what you're doing now, because I can't keep up with it, and I'm sure plenty of people in the audience are wondering where and when can they hear and expect to see Pat McAfee as of now and really as of the football season. So run us through the list of everything you're doing. Okay, so this is going to be my weekly schedule. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, I'll have my live radio show with Westwood One. We're currently on 40 stations across the country uh, trying to keep up with pro football talk, trying to keep up with the legend that is Mike Florio. But that's every day, 10 to noon, American Standard Time. Also simulcasted uh, on the DAZN app each day. And I think across my social media channels, we haven't figured that out yet. So if that's not enough of me, if that if you just can't get enough, then we have three podcasts a week going out Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, which are completely different content than from the radio show. The radio show will live by itself. Uh, Then I will be traveling for Thursday night football on ESPN. First games in Cincinnati, Nippert Stadium, taking on the UCLA Bruins with Chip Kelly. Going to steal the first week of football, I hope. Uh, I might get fired by the end of that. 
And then on the weekends, I'll be on the Internet yelling at my phone for good things that happen with kickers and punters and then put that on repeat uh, for 13 weeks. And if you want to hear me, that's where you can. If you want to avoid me, it's, I think it will also be pretty easy. But there's going to be a lot of me, Mike. There's going to be a lot of me. And uh, I'm excited for it. I can't wait for all of the opportunities for my team and I. So as of now, you've got your weekends off. Well, I don't mean off, but I mean you don't have to go somewhere. You don't have to do anything specific. You just do whatever you want. Unless the WWE has a pay-per-view that weekend, uh, then I'll have to travel to that. But I think there's only one or two during the football season. So I do have the weekends off to watch football, which is going to be an incredible mental vacation for me. And it's something I was very excited about, too, is the, the ability to sleep a little bit on the weekends because the weeks are going to be wall-to-wall talking ball. And uh, I can't wait about wait for it. How, what are you doing to make the transition to a guy who was following the NFL very closely, had called an NFL game or two, aspired to get to the Monday Night Football booth? We'll talk about that coming up. But now it's the pivot to the college game. How difficult is that process? What have you been doing? Mike, I'm going to be honest. Okay, That college football gig came to be about a week and a half ago. And... I know jack shit about college football at the moment. Uh, All of my knowledge of college football comes from like 10 years ago. Uh, Yeah, Oregon, really fast, really good at football. Uh, Alabama, still good. That's awesome. Uh, Clemson's Clemson's in the ballgame. That's great. But I've been been diving into research head first. This morning I was at the Cincinnati Bearcats training camp, um, which is in Indiana. They go to this place called Higher Ground, which is like a a recreational retreat area. They're out kind of out in the middle of nowhere, secluded training camp. And it was cool to get back into that college football environment that I haven't been for so long. It felt like uh, it was back in the days of Morgantown with my boys. Like It was just a, a really fun thing, and I'm enjoying the experience of learning the who's who of college football, who does what. And, and I think me learning these things is going to keep it refreshing for me each week as we go to it. But I would uh, say that my specialty is much more in the NFL world than college football, but I'm going to enjoy the opportunity and hopefully learn as much as I can. Did you have to do like a tryout or anything for the ESPN gig? No. No, I think, I think last year when I did the two games for Fox, it generated a lot of buzz. And I assumed that I would get a lot more calls to call games than I did, to be honest, because, I mean, I, got a, I don't want to say I got a game, but I, I worked a, seven, a week 17 game with zero playoffs on the line. Aaron Rodgers, star of the whole thing, got hurt on his second play. It was a blowout, like 31 nothing, And we trended for like four hours because Matt Prater threw a dime in the corner of the end zone. And uh, I thought with the way the world's changing, something like that could mean a little bit. But I guess a lot of people thought I had no cooth in the booth, Mike. They thought I had no cooth in the booth. So I wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was ever going to call a game again, even though I had the time of my life. And Lee Fitting over at ESPN a couple of days before their college football seminar, I think he assumed I would get an NFL job as well. And he basically reached out and said, hey, you want to do college games Thursday night? I was like, yep. He was like, perfect, let's do it. So I don't think he knows what he signed up for. I don't think I know what I signed up for. But I do know it's going to be great television. Do you have any understanding as to what your role is on this team? And will there be an effort to practice, rehearse, do something so you know how it fits, you know what you do, they know what you do? Or is it just going to be light the fuse and off we go, Cincinnati, UCLA? 
I think uh, the latter there, I do believe. I, I do believe it's going to be the latter. The good thing here is Adam Amin, who's the play-by-play uh, gentleman, is highly regarded as a great man who can facilitate conversation in the booth. Matt Hasselbeck and I were teammates and friends for a few years. So I think they're setting me up for success. And Molly McGrath is one of the best sideline reporters in the game. So they're really setting me up for success. Um, but at that college football seminar, we were sitting through these classes or lectures basically about what you should do as a color commentator and as an analyst. Here's some do's and don'ts. And literally they were looking at me as soon as these like three-hour sessions, you know, try to learn everything you can, get better at your craft so we can create the best football coverage on earth. And then my producer who was sitting right next to me at the seminar basically would look at me and go, hey, none of that uh, is true for you, though. You just kind of <laughs> you're getting hired to do your own thing. And I'm like, oh, great. Happy to be here. Uh, is there any direction? And, and they give me – I get text messages from my producer and from the higher-ups at ESPN for things to think about. But they are very much bringing me in to act like me. And uh, I think we'll kind of bob and weave with it as we go and figure out the flow. But I think it's going to be a very different viewer experience, I hope. And I hope it's for the better, obviously. So once you're officially a member of the ESPN family, and it is a huge, broad, extended family, do you get a call or a text from Booger McFarland right away saying, hey, Pat, quit talking about the Monday Night Football gig now. That's mine. (laughs) Hey, man, that was tough last year. Um, I don't, I don't, I have not met Booger McFarland yet, except for one time we crossed paths at a restaurant. I got a steak, he got a steak. I think he respected it, but the, um... I, I, I have not been told anything by anybody other than just go enjoy those Thursday night games. I assume there's going to be a lot more rules at some point. I assume I'm going to get the text that I'm doing something wrong from somebody at some point. Uh, but it's, I'm just letting it fly. And if the people over at ESPN are willing to give me this opportunity, I'm going to try to make them look like geniuses for it. How long of a process was it for the folks at ESPN to get comfortable with the idea of signing up a guy who may eventually do something or say something that's going to cause somebody to have to spend time sending a text message, making a phone call, saying, Pat, you can't say that, Pat, you can't do that. Did, was it an easy process to get them from A to Z, or do you feel like they, they had to work through it and understand what they were getting themselves into? And I relate to that because I think NBC had to go through a process before they got comfortable with the idea of me because I'll say whatever I want and do whatever I want. Do you think ESPN had to work their way through something like that? I think I definitely had some people... By the way, zero offense. You didn't have to explain that you had to go through it. I completely knew what you meant whenever you said it. I'm not a robot. Uh, so anytime there's a potential chance to go off script, if you don't have a robot in there, there's a chance that could happen. So I took no offense to what you said, and I actually appreciate the fact that you were the same way. And I would assume that there was some selling that had to be done by some people in ESPN. Uh, I do know that probably some people that make decisions there weren't all the way in and had to be sold pretty hard. But whenever Kirk Herbstreet and Mike Greenberg and others and Hasselbeck went to bat for me, I think that kind of that kind of swayed a couple of people's opinions, which is awesome. So I got to make sure they don't look bad for promoting me in this uh, particular fashion. But it came down to the 11th hour there. I mean, their college football seminar where all the college football analyst teams, uh, all the broadcast teams, all the directors, all the producers, we all had this seminar down in Charlotte, and it was like the who's who of college football. Everybody was there, and 
I got signed 24 hours before that. So I think he came down to the the end of the clock there. I believe the shot clock was quickly coming down to zero, and uh, somebody pulled the trigger and made it happen. But after the seminar, I think a lot more people are comfortable because I had to speak a couple times, and I didn't make a complete ass of myself, which is good. One of the concerns when you get multiple paychecks from multiple different entities is you're going to get pulled in multiple directions at the same time. And you're going to have one that wants this at the same time, another wants that. And we need you to do this and we need you to do that. How concerned are you that from Monday to Friday, you're getting yourself pretty packed in and there may not be a whole lot of flexibility if DAZN or Westwood One or ESPN needs something that infringe on one of your other obligations? Yeah, or WWE, too. I mean, this is a – I'm not sure how many people have ever uh, been a part of something like this. I assume this might be the future for a lot of people where you become uh, almost specialized in certain things with different people as media continues to evolve in the manner that it is. Um, so this is kind of uh, uncharted territory, I think, for a lot of people. What we've been banking on is a lot of communication between people and expectations. The thing for me is with Westwood One – we have a business relationship, right? So my business is actually in business with Westwood One. So there's a lot of conversations about who can sell what, what advertisements and companies that have supported me the last couple of years. Like, I very much want them to be first right for my radio show business and for my podcast and things like that. So it's been a very transparent process, and I think that's kind of helped it all out. But we're bound to have a situation where somebody's mad about something. And I think uh, if you kind of know it's coming, you'll be able to figure it out later. But in a business sense, it's been, it's been a lot of conversation, a lot of communication. There's been some, uh, you know, some situations that have arrived that we ha- don't have the answers for yet. But I think we'll be able to figure it out. And I think all partners involved here understand and appreciate what we're all going to add to each other because the bigger anything gets, the bigger everything gets. And I think that's kind of how we all feel about it. How did this latest development come to be with Westwood One and DAZN working together with you for the two-hour Monday-Tuesday show that will be simulcast on DAZN? So I had another radio company that was pitching me um, to do a show and uh, potentially a channel. and It wasn't serious. It was another uh, radio company, and I was literally (laughs) – I showed up in their – their head office, their headquarters in New York City, in this boardroom, and I had a sleeveless hoodie on and some jorts, and there was a lot of very powerful people in the meeting, and we had been pretty far along because I wanted a live radio show again. I missed my live radio show, so that was one of the first things I really wanted to do, and we were getting down. I thought we were going to make a deal together, and then when they finally put the offer on paper, it just wasn't a good business decision for me to take it and agree to it. So I thought it was kind of I was never going to get the opportunity to do live radio again. And then Bruce Gilbert of Westwood One kind of reached out and started testing the waters on if I wanted to get back into a live uh, show. And then they flew out to Indianapolis. I enjoyed their the way their spirit and the way they're trying to revitalize the entire Westwood One sports thing. And it was just like a perfect match. And we started negotiating, figuring out a good business deal together. And I'm just very very excited to get in with them but it took a couple months to figure everything out because there's a lot of things to happen here my podcast goes to their network but i still have ownership of my podcast so i mean we, we did a lot of negotiations there's a lot of business that came to be for the last couple months and when it came time to simulcast it um i was just going to put it on my youtube i was just going to video it put it on my youtube so we can build up the youtube subscription 
And Jamie Horowitz, who was at the zone, uh, became a fan. He liked the way I operated down at the Super Bowl when we did the Wrangler Celebrity Shootout. Got that beautiful Tebow moment where one of my guys said, Jesus, and Tebow dropped a loves you, like, perfectly. And he, uh, whenever he got hired on to the zone, he reached out to the CAA folks and said, hey, we want this guy to have the show on our on our platform. So we worked out a simulcast deal there, and they're building a studio now, and it's just kind of all coming together beautifully. But we're definitely going to run into some obstacles, I assume, at some point. So your studio for the radio show, it's going to be in a separate place in Indianapolis, apart from where you currently do your stuff? No, they're coming in here and remodeling our little basement-looking studio. Oh, wow. Uh, and making it professional, so we. Hey, hey don't don't undersell it. You the- got a hell of a facility. That's a hell of a facility. I've been there. I love that place. Hey, I appreciate that. I mean, we have we have fun here. You know, we have a good basketball court. The rims loose, so more shots fall to make you feel good. We got good air conditioning. We got green screen, a gym, but our studio. I mean. It was very obvious that people that don't know how to put studios together put studios together. We've got wires everywhere and cameras laying around. It looks like a high school production operation. And the people from the zone are, have flown in here a few times with their tech people. And I guess they're about to really, they're about to pimp our ride like exhibit in here, man. I think it's really about to start looking good. I think that's exciting. And DAZN, a growing company, growing brand. Once they got John Skipper on board, it feels like they've really been pumping it up. Now, to see you on DAZN, is this part of the the subscription model, or do they make this available at no charge? Well, I think the big thing with DAZN right now, DAZN launched in Japan and Brazil and Spain and Italy, and they've had and seen massive success. They've gotten streaming rights for a lot of different leagues, the English Premier League in Japan. I think they have the baseball rights, streaming rights there. In Canada, they have the NFL rights, and in Germany, they do. So America is kind of their most recent location that they're going to really try to dive into. Obviously, boxing and MMA are massive for them. Um, But now they're trying to really let people know what the zone is, we're a content platform that has live sporting events, uh, trying to run it like it's a TV network uh, through the Internet. So I think everything for me and my show, I do believe it will be free, and we're just trying to raise awareness on what the zone is and how incredible some of the content is on there and hopefully just be able to grow and grow. And I think they're in it for the long haul. So I think, I think in five years from now, the goal will be that everybody loves the zone, that they have some more rights for some more live sporting events, and hopefully everybody knows about it. But right now it's just raising awareness, I do believe. It is like the ultimate Pittsburgh guy name for a company. I don't think they ever intended that. But the zone, you know, every I saw that DAZN, it's like, what the hell is that? Oh, the zone. Sounds like the guy's up the road from me. Well, you know, the, the zones came down, and they brought their pizza recipe, <laughs> and we had some wedding soup from the DeGilio family, and yeah, we all met up in the Italian square. Yeah, I I think, um, I got a tweet from Michael Buffer. It's funny you mentioned him in the intro. He has a deal with the zone, and it's like, they're investing a lot of money in a lot of things, and I think they're in it for the long haul, and I enjoy their strategy on how they're going to grow it, so... We'll see how it goes. I think every company on earth is going to a subscription-based, and we're going to hopefully offer one that people will uh, feel obligated to have. Yeah, and that's one of the challenges in a modern 
society with technology like you pay a certain amount for satellite or cable if you still have that and a lot of people don't and then it's like 10 bucks here 10 bucks there like where does it stop but people always find a way to add that other thing and i think if you have compelling programming it just becomes something you have to have got to have this got to have that got to have that or i'm going to be missing something and i think that's the goal for disown to get to the point where people feel compelled to have it because if you don't everybody else does and you're the poor sap sitting there watching old episodes of Seinfeld on Hulu or something while other people are seeing these live sporting events and they're talking about them and they're tweeting about them and you don't know what the hell's going on. I think we live in a very socially active world, obviously, so the feeling of being in on something is one that FOMO is a real thing, I think, on the Internet for people. But if you look at all these networks, I mean, everybody's going to a subscription base. And I think the way everybody views it, myself included, is like, yeah, why not? Why would I not just pay uh, $14.99 for Netflix to create something awesome? It, it, it's going to come at some point. There will be a reason I stick around. It's, it's like Showtime. I'm all in on Showtime because that Loudest Voice show and a couple other Shangri-La, I believe, is over there. And then if I hear about something, I'm like, yeah, why not? I'll go over there. They'll produce something great. And it's, people are going to get a re- uh, disconnect from cable and DirecTV, but we're all going to be paying a lot more with all of our subscription base. I think we all just expect the quality to be better on everything. And I'll be excited to see if that's the case. And I know DAZN will hold up our end of the bargain. You mentioned five years from now for DAZN and one of our Twitter followers, the great PFTPM Posse, which always feeds me with plenty of great questions for when I do this. The question is this, where do you see yourself career-wise, five years, 10 years, 20 years? Do you have that kind of a master plan or is it just go where life takes you? Yeah, I, it very much uh, let's ride the wave and see what happens type of guy. I mean, I think I learned that in football, right? So whenever you go through a football week, it's like you just focus on what's in front of you, what's happening right now. Okay, I'm in this meeting right now. Cool, let me focus on that. What's next? Oh, we got lunch. All right, I'll go eat and play some cornhole, probably become good at that. We got practice next. Focus on practice. Then we got night meetings. Then we got this. I just very much focus on whatever I'm doing right now, and I, I enjoy it. Uh, who knows what it, where it will take me. If I become a great color commentator or a third man in the booth, it'd be cool if they would be able to drop me into any sporting event to be a, a third man in the booth. Uh, maybe my radio show would be something that really takes off and people resonate with and love, and maybe the TV. I have no idea. Five years from now, I have no clue where I'll be, uh, but I know I'm going to enjoy getting there, and uh, we'll see how it goes. There are some people who think that your campaign to get in the Monday Night Football booth was just shtick, and it worked. It was a social media gimmick, and it caught a lot of traction, and and you never really expected to get there. Did you expect to get there, and do you want to get there? So I didn't expect to get there whenever we launched the campaign. For me, it was just I had a good resume clip. I had a resume clip that was seen by 20, 30 million people week 17 game that meant nothing if they wanted to do a shakeup bang i thought we had i thought we had the means for a good campaign to pitch but i never thought it was possible then whenever do the right thing espn and mcafee for mnf trended for like 10 hours i was like holy hell there might be a chance to get this thing like they have to notice this and then my name popped up in the vegas odds so that means my name was mentioned one time in the meeting. It was probably laughed off hysterically. I never thought we would get the gig, but at one point I had like a, this might happen, and this would be the greatest story of all time. 
Um, but if I did ever in the future get Monday Night Football, I would be excited about it. And I do believe that campaign got me on the Thursday nights. Now, let me do something here real quick, and then I'll tell you what my idea is for you on Monday Night Football, because i got to pay a bill. you got to think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. We're close, convenient, and known for your guaranteed everyday low prices and excellent customer service from professional parts people you can trust. Stop by your O'Reilly Auto Parts store today. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. So here's my vision. My vision is Peyton Manning, Pat McAfee, and whoever on play-by-play that Peyton Manning wants. Would that work? I mean, I would enjoy the hell out of that. I think it'd be a great time. Uh, I think Peyton's obviously an, an entertaining individual, a funny human, a notable human, and a robot brain when it comes to the NFL. The guy knows everything there is to know. Uh, that'd be a lot of fun. I'd enjoy that. I think Peyton would have to okay at first. I don't know. I think he and I were friends whenever he played for the Colts. We had a good time together, shared some beers together. Uh, but I do believe if Peyton Manning wants to get in a Monday Night Football booth, that whole thing will be his decision about who's around him and who's doing what, just like the Colts were whenever he was playing quarterback. What is your aspiration when you're in the booth for a game? Are you going to try to help people understand what they're seeing? Are you going to try to provide just comedic relief? What? Where do you fall on that spectrum? Because, you know, we've had guys do color commentary before who were clearly not quote-unquote football guys you bring that non-football guy personality with years of football experience so where's the the scale where are you between those two extremes well i think you got to read the room you know read the show it's it depends on what the moment calls for and i think that's that helps that i host the show you know and i know a lot of people whenever my name was up for monday night football people with very small brains started comparing me to dennis miller and tony kornheiser I am not certain if any of those guys have ever kicked off a Super Bowl or sat through eight years of team meetings and traveling to games and Pro Bowls and learning football from literally the smartest humans that have played football. Uh, so I, that kind of that type of thing pissed me off, to be honest, whenever they were comparing me to that. Because although I was a punter, which is the easiest position in football, I had a front row seat to a lot of great things, like a lot of great things. I was on a team that was completely undefeated until we chose to lose, and two years later I was on a team that was almost completely defeated. I've been a chance to to really work with some of the greatest of all time, and I have a pretty observing, observe, I don't know the word there, observational brain. Yeah, I'm happy I got to that. And I think um, that's, you got me so, confused now, but I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's the right word. But um, I feel good about my football IQ. I feel very good about it. I won't be able to break down a cover two or anything like that. I don't think anybody's looking for me to do that. But I'm okay with leaning on my experiences and games and things that I've seen and learned in the locker room and behind closed doors. And if it calls for some comedic relief to bring a little energy, I'm cool with that. And I think I just want to be a utility guy in there and hopefully make the viewers' experience a lot better. But I think that's what's fascinating about it, Pat, and that's what makes you so unique. You've got the personality of a guy who could wedge his way into that world without the football experience, but you've got the football experience. And the punters and the kickers are the guys who are always hanging around watching everything else that's going on. No one else has that window. No one else has that access. So that's what makes it, to me, such a fascinating combination and a rare combination because there aren't many guys who are going to have that that both sides of the coin that you're going to bring to the table and that's why i think it's going to be successful for you as long as you don't like drop f-bombs in the booth then you're gonna have a problem but you know i think you've got the foundation to to go really far with this 
Well, I appreciate that. That means a lot. You've always spoke very highly of me and kindly of me, and I couldn't thank you enough for that. But, yeah, I understand that the FCCs, they got their rules, and I got to do what I got to do. But I I think I can really be a weapon in there, and I hope to prove uh, a lot of people right and a lot of people wrong in there. Yeah, yeah, we we get along really well, but there was a weird period of time where we feuded a little bit. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, I hated you. Yeah, I I don't know. I, and it was like, what is what's up with this guy? We got the West Virginia connection. Why is this guy shitting you, on me? I, arrested, I didn't know what it was. When I, got arrested, when I got arrested, I was in a bad space in my mind when I got arrested, very depressed. And you wrote an article, and you utilized the word that I had to Google to find out what it meant. It was a big word, SAT word. And uh, it said easily replaceable, basically. Oh, fungible. Fungible. What's fungible? Fungible. Yeah, fungible. Fungible yeah, with an F. Used the word pungible on me. And since you were a West Virginia guy and all these things, and then you just called me easily replaceable, I was like, you know what? I hate this guy. And then <laughs> you started promoting, you started promoting uh, Chris Cluey as uh, you started having conversations with Chris Cluey, I believe, in the punning world. And I think something else was said about me, and I just, I had had it, you know, Florida, I, I had it. And um, I'm very happy that we're past that because obviously I've always respected your brain, but I did not appreciate a pungible word. I didn't know what it meant. It offended me. I looked it up. It offended me more. And, well, I, Paul, uh, I, 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 it. it's funny. We never cleared the air. It's just like all of a sudden everything's fine and that's the italian way too you understand that's how italians operate you get mad at somebody you don't talk to them for multiple years and then in an instant it's over and everybody's friends again until they piss each other off again which fortunately for us hasn't happened yet i don't know maybe me bringing it up is going to cause it to happen again but so far so good i hate you again no um You know, I took that 23 and me, and I'm 0.09% Italian, so I think it was definitely just the Italian in us getting to us. And I was in a bad spot in my life, you know? So when I got through that on the other side, I probably became a bit more mature and was like, hey, this Italian guy who definitely just buried me in a blog was probably right. I got to get better, and I appreciate this guy's work. So it was, it was much more my fault than yours, sir. Well, and, and, and one thing that I appreciate about what you've done and I respect what you've done. Because I remember the first time I ever saw you with a microphone in your hands, I said, this guy's got it. You either have it or you don't. But the question is, what do you do with it? And I can tell you've put in the work, you've put in the time, you've been conscientious about it, you understand that it's a craft like anything else. Just like the first time you realize you had a strong leg. You don't just walk out and use your strong leg on a football field. There's more to it. You gotta learn how to harness it. You gotta learn how to finesse it. You gotta learn how to mature in the business. You gotta learn how, you know, everything. And you've figured all that out pretty much on your own as far as I can tell. And I respect that. I mean, anybody that takes the talent they have and figures out how to polish it up into the best possible piece of weaponry that they can carry around with them for professional purposes, that's great. And and I've seen you grow and evolve in that way over the past several years, and I really respect that. Well, I appreciate that so much. It means a lot coming from you. And it was, I only had a fastball at one time, right? And, it, and this is kind of how I view you know, I don't want to say my development on a microphone, but I only had a fastball back in the day. That's it. I'd come in, wild thing, fastball, bang, that's all I got. And what I had to realize after, you know, watching myself and listening to stuff that my family and friends are saying about it, you know, you have to kind of develop. And I'm not for everybody, but I do believe 
I've become a more well-rounded speaker. I can get deep if I need to. I can get serious if I have to. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate that. Not everybody's going to like me, uh, but I think there's a lot of people that will hopefully enjoy what I say uh, if they actually listen to the words, and that's, that's all I'm trying to do. But the fastball is the most important thing to have. And most people don't have it. And that's the key. You, you built the fastball up, and then you build up all the other stuff around it. You learned how to harness the fastball, when to use it, when to throw it inside, when to throw it outside. I hate baseball analogies because I hate baseball, but they pop up everywhere. But that's what's great about what you've done. You took that, you took that talent, and then you, and you did. You, you whittled it into something far bigger than just, hey, this guy's he's funny and he, you know, and he, and he, and you can tell he's comfortable, but it's more than that. And you've, you've done a great job of making it more than that. And you're going to get more reps. That's the other thing too, Pat, the more you, you, you still what, 32? Yeah. 32. I'm an old soul though. Yeah. You're, yeah. Soul. Yeah. But, but you know, you're going to get reps and reps and reps. And the more you do this shit, the easier it gets, the better you get and you find your ceiling wherever it is and who knows where it is. And I just, I'm excited for you. I think it's great. That it's that it's unfolding for you the way it is. It's fun to watch because I spotted it. You know what I'm saying? And I I don't yeah. know if you were still at WVU or if you were. I, I you may have been when you were at WVU. There was a bowl game or something, and they had a feature on the local N, uh, NBC affiliate or something like that. And they they gave you a microphone and you just went with it and said, "Yeah, shit, this guy's got it." And and uh, you know here we are, what 10, 12 years later, and and uh, you've you've made the most out of it. And and it's great because I remember spotting it way back when. Well, that means a lot, man. I can't thank you enough. And obviously, as a guy from West Virginia that made it big, you're an inspiration to a lot of us. And I don't want to get on a big hug fest here, but you are uh, a trailblazer in your community, sir. So this coming from you uh, means a lot. And that means even more whenever you call me fungible. That's why I hate you. So it's an, You know it's got an F. Yeah. It's not P. <laughs> it's F. It's fungible. Like F you, just a different rest of the word. I'm joking. I appreciate these kind of words so much, man. It means a lot. And uh, like I said, hopefully I prove you right, you know, and I think what you've been able to do as an entrepreneur, too, by the way, I've been talking to a guy here. I've got to get clothes now. I can't just dress like a child everywhere. A guy named David Allen from Pittsburgh traveled out here to Indianapolis to fit me with some adult clothes. We were talking about the people with the entrepreneur mindset, and um, I think people with the entrepreneur mindset are resourceful, right? They're going to get the most out of themselves and they're going to try to make the most out of everything. And you are the epitome of that. And that is something that's very inspiring for a lot of us. So literally, whenever you say these very nice things that you don't have to say that I should probably pay you to say, it means a lot. And I can't thank you enough for it. Well, and, and I appreciate that, Pat. And it really is great to see what you're doing. And I look forward to, I mean, look at it this way. The moment that I saw the release that you're going to be on the ESPN Thursday Night Football, it's like, all right, I got to find a way to have the sound up on both the NFL game and the Thursday night game. Cause it used to just be down in my barn, main TV, NFL, second TV, the Thursday night football game sound off. Now it's going to be like, oh, maybe we got to flip that and have the sound on. Cause everyone's going to want to see and hear what you have to say. And, and I just think that's great. It adds a layer of anticipation for the season. And I can't wait to see how this all unfolds for you. So Pat, when does the radio show debut? September 9th is the radio show daily. Um, if we're not on in your area, go ahead and call your local sports talk and make the request. I've heard that's what we got to do. We got to be a boots on the ground operation. Um, we're on DAZN starting September 9th. Also, other social media platforms with video. In August 29th, UCLA, Chip Kelly and the Bruins are heading into Cincinnati and Nippert Stadium. That's when the Thursday night football starts. And uh, this is going to be fun, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. And could, I, could it all come crashing down? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah, it could, but let's hope not, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the hell out of the run. All right, buddy. Hey, great talking to you as always. Anytime you want me on the show, I'm here for you, and I hope to talk to you again in this platform some point down the road when you have time to do it. I have a feeling you're not going to have much time to do it over the next several months. Hey, will you come on the first? So I'm being told that the first week is like a massive week. They're like, who are you going to have on your first week? Who are you going to have on your first week? I was like, I don't know. Shane Leckler? They're like, you need a big first week. Mike Florio, will you come on my first week of radio shows? I'll be on your first week. I don't know that that necessarily makes it a big first week, but if you want me for your first week, I'm on it. We'll sneak you in there. You know, I think Triple H is going to be one of the first ones on the first week. I'm putting out a couple other feelers to a much larger names than myself. But Mike Florio is right up there in the world of sports, especially in the world of NFL. I'd be honored to have you on the first week. Get a little hey, and September 9 is the day. The September 9 is the day after the regular season's uh, first Sunday. So plenty of things to talk about. September 9, September 10, September whatever that week. I'm around. I can't wait. I right, cannot bro. wait to hear what is happening behind the scenes that nobody else knows except for the Italian guy from West Virginia. I am thankful for you, brother, and I can't wait to get started. And thanks for all the kind words, man. All right, Pat. We'll talk soon, buddy. Hey, what is it? The PFT PM Posse? Yes. Like that name? PFT PM Posse. I didn't come up with it. Or completely organic. Completely organic. And they forced me to continue to do this afternoon podcast, which really doesn't make a whole lot of money. Uh, but I like doing it. You know, it's it's reps. Like I told you earlier, you get reps, you get reps. The more reps you do, the easier this thing gets. And uh, it's kind of fun to have a platform where you can just say whatever you want and figure out, you know, the, the, the things you want to say when you're on a higher platform somewhere else. That's one thing you'll realize with your podcast. Your pod, even though, I mean, I'm not saying your podcast is a small platform, but when you have that freedom to say whatever you want, you don't have to worry about breaks. You don't have to worry about anything. You can say whatever you want. You, you realize you work through some things in your mind that'll make it even better when it's time for you to be on your radio show. That's incredible. So the, the thing that I've noticed here, especially in this conversation, I don't know how often you get to interview people. I thought you did an incredible job with this. Interviewing is not an easy thing. Having a conversation with somebody, not a lot of people can do. And uh, I, I don't know how your show is set up if you interview a lot of people other than this podcast, but I think the long-form conversation, people have a yearn for it. You know, that's why the podcasting world's taken off. So I'm happy the PFTPM posse kind of peer-pressured you into uh, podcasting. Hey, and the thing that, you know, and I like, well, first of all, we're familiar with each other, which makes it easy. But the one thing about Howard Stern, I, I don't get into all that, the, you know, the shtick with him is a little bit over the top. It's a little played out, but his interviews are so good and he gets people to open up and it's just that conversation and it goes and goes and goes. You don't have to worry about, hey, we got, you know, we got three minutes to break or whatever. You just go until the conversation peters out. And, and I think that that's th this format is perfect for it. Not all of us can get a radio show where, you know, they tell the sponsor, shut up. He's going to go as long as he wants. So uh, this is the only way we can do it. I asked about the floating breaks for my radio show. I think that's going to be a hilarious conversation when Westwood One tells me I can't do it because I literally asked about it a couple of times. I'm like, so let's say I get somebody good on. We're having a great conversation. Can I just bump the break to the next break? We just have some floating breaks. Like, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it because on Sirius, whenever I was on Sirius, you could do that. So you didn't have to worry about anything happening. It was much more podcast-like. Um, so I'm pumped to get back into the... Yeah, you got hard you know, breaks. You're not going to be... The hard the breaks break. are non-negotiable. Yeah. 
At most, you can yeah. hope for one hard break an hour. NBC Sports Radio has two hard breaks an hour, and they are non-negotiable. You, they, you're just gone. They, they just pull the plug on you and flip over to the update. So, yeah, it's nice to be able to go as long as you want, but that hard break's a pain in the ass. Did I ever tell you my story about the first time I hosted for Dan Patrick, my, my, my misadventure with the hard break? No, I can't wait to hear it, though. I, that that's that sounds a little sarcastic, but let me tell you real quickly no, anyway. You, no, you may like it, it. If it's if it's a national TV failure, I love those. Oh, it was, oh it's, it was a huge failure. Now it was only radio. They were on vacation and their TV studio was shut down. So I went up to Morgantown. Yeah, I had an ISDN box at my house. I've had it for 15 years. But just to be safe, they wanted me to go to Morgantown to one of the radio stations up there. So they're explaining, okay, here's how the hard break works. This is, you got to be out by whatever, 5850. Okay, fine. I'll be out by 5850. So as I was getting close to the end of that segment, it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to get out with some time to spare. And I threw it to break or tried to throw it to break a minute before the hard break. And I heard the engineers say, you have to keep going. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And, 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 uh, yeah, you got to keep going. And, and so I, I didn't know, you know, you need to just go blank. Like I got to talk for another minute. Like it's not, you can't start it early. I had no idea that I had to take it all the way to that. To when they start, at least when they start playing the music in the final 30 seconds, that's your cue that the hard break's coming. But yeah, so I tried to throw to a hard break a minute before the time for the hard break, and I found out what the hard break really is. So uh, if you've never oh. had that experience, now now you know, don't go to the hard break early. Uh, I just, the awkwardness of that makes me feel, because everybody has that moment. Everybody. You're, you're obviously one of the top in the game and you've had that moment. I think that's very relatable, but the thought of the awkwardness there really makes me feel good for whenever I eventually do it. Well, and, and it's and it's like we're used to talking all the time, but all of a sudden when you have the rug pulled out from under you, it's like, what the hell do I say for the next minute? What am I going to talk about? I got nothing more to talk about. I was ready to take my break. I got to pee. And uh, so anyway... <laughs> Hi, right, man. Hey, uh, I got to pee now. It's part of being 54 and having a you know old man prostate. So I appreciate all your time. Wish you all the best. Proud of you and can't wait to see and hear you throughout the fall of 2019, buddy. Thank you so much for having me on, man. PFT, PM, Posse, Prostate. A little bit of a <laughs> <in that laughs> situation. I'll see you. All right. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Pat McAfee, the great Pat McAfee, August 29, UCLA at Cincinnati, September 9, the Pat McAfee show on Westwood One and DAZN, his podcast three days a week. Can't wait for all of it. Support Pat on Twitter. Follow him. Check him out. And we hope to get him back on here soon. Everybody have a great day. We'll do this again on Monday. You can find the PFTPM podcast on Art19, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you like what you hear, and you will, subscribe for automatic downloads. Leave a rating and review. That'll help new listeners find our show and push us up the charts. Search PFTPM for your evening update from Pro Football Talk. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.